Welcome to Ask Men's Health, the podcast tackling the most important health and fitness questions according to you, our readers. You ask, we answer. In short, to the point summaries, we cover the background, the science and the reasoning behind the most talked about topics of the day. No bullshit, no filler, just expert advice you can trust. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ask Men's Health. I'm your host, Christopher Riley, and again, I have the pleasure of being joined by Men's Health Editor, Scott Henderson. Hey, Chris, I don't know about the pleasure, man. I feel like you're always stuck with me as a guest. <laughs> I can assure you the pleasure is all mine, mate. One day we'll get an actual expert on here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so chaps, today we're tackling a topic that is an often forgotten element of training and indeed life, and that's recovery. Um, uh, I'm sure you can all sort of empathise with this. There's uh, these days being being busy, being productive is almost a form of social currency. How you been, mate? Oh, I've been busy. Yeah, okay. Well, we've all been busy. Um, it's easy to think that we, you know, that going flat out all the time is in and of itself a really good thing. And absolutely, you know, training um, and working towards your goals is incredibly important. But there's always a yin and the yang involved, you know. So whether it's whether it's leaving the gym for a day or two a week or just closing that laptop at the end of the day, it's incredibly important to sort of balance your life out and give yourselves the rest and the recovery that you need. So in essence, more is not always better, guys. Anyway, Scott, let's jump in. What's our first question and who's asking it? Our first question today comes from Kyle. Uh, so he asks, how many rest days should I have per week? Bit open-ended, Chris. So um... Yeah, exactly. So before we dive in, let's sort of um, establish the, uh, the parameters here. So we're going to... It really depends. Your rest is going to very much depend on the type of training that you do and the goals that you have. So first off, Scott, we're going to tackle this from the perspective of someone bulking. Okay, so if you're all about the gains, you should know that rest is almost as important as smashing the weights. The simple reason for this is that weight training will create small tears in your muscles, in your muscle tissues, and it's during the rest periods that our cells are going to repair these uh, repair these tears. So if we're in the gym every day, we're never going to allow our muscles to repair and ultimately to grow. And there's another reason, of course. In strength training, we use up the glycogen in our muscles, which is the thing that gives us energy. Resting will restore these glycogen levels, enabling us to be at the best the next time we train. So, for the all-important question of how many rest days for those of us who are bulking, while there's no hard and fast rule, most trainers seem to recommend one to two days per week. Now, it's, it's important to, to remember as well that cycle through the muscle groups. If you're someone who's bulking, don't hit chest every day. You know, hit chest one day and then you offset it the next day with back. So we're balancing out that um, sort of muscle stress and giving the, um, the chest the rest it needs. But typically, one to two full rest days a week is going to be ideal. Okay, so now for those of us who prioritize cardio. If you favor low-intensity work like walking, light swimming, hiking, things like that, you're going to be able to get away with doing that pretty much every day. The stress in your body is less, so the need to rest is smaller. But if you're one of those masochists who likes to smash the cardio each time you work out, um, you're going to need to take account of rest days. Not only will you need to restore your muscles' glycogen levels, just as those who are bulking, your limbs and your joints are, are going to require rest and recovery so as to avoid injury. This is particularly important for those of us who like running. You know, smashing the pavement every day is going to put a lot of stress on those knees, and so you are going to have to take time out of your schedule to recover, to get those knees up, get a few ice packs on, and give your jo joints the sort of you know the rest that they need. 
So here we suggest somewhere in the region of sort of one rest day every three to five days of work. So Scott, what do we think here? You, how are you on rest days, mate? Uh, I've recently become acquainted with rest days and I love them now. Um, I think it's important to note that the topic of recovery is enormous and it takes into account not just inactivity or taking days out of the gym, but nutrition, great sleep, whether you want to do immersion therapy such as uh, heat or cold therapy. Um, there's a whole range of topics we can go through here, um, massage, everything. Um, I think the most important thing is to listen to your body as well. And when we say rest day, that might not mean slothing on the couch all day and not moving. It might mean going for a walk instead of going to a CrossFit class, um, doing some low-intensity cardio just to get the blood moving. Uh, sometimes that in itself works as a great recovery tool. Um, you know, so they say that the best, one of the best ways to fight DOMS after the gym is to keep moving and it's to keep the muscles active, keep them elastic. I think the one to two days rest a week uh, is probably a good rule to go by. Um, if you're just starting out in your program, maybe work out four days a week and, and rest for three and put those rest days within those four workout days. But listen to your body. When you are feeling sore, stretch it out. You know, not every session, you don't have to be crawling to your car after every single session. Um, I think it's also, I actually, we were talking um, off mic about a podcast I just listened to, you know, the very, the purpose of exercise and, and exercise in essence is putting the body under stress and stress releases cortisol, which impacts weight gain. So it is a fine balance between overtraining where you're releasing too much cortisol. Um, I think it was Dr. Rangan uh, Chatterjee that was talking on um, Dan Churchill's uh, The Epic Table podcast about this. And it's a great listen and it goes into depth on on how overtraining can actually be detrimental to your goals and it is finding that balance you know you don't want to put the body under too much stress where you're impacting your goals in a negative way and i think it's also important to remember guys that training is supposed to be fun right we do this because we enjoy it so if you're finding yourself you know really begrudgingly going to the gym you're exhausted you're hurting mentally you're not there then it's time to take a break it's time to take a rest day or two and get outside, do some walking, as Scott said, do something different and don't think about the gym for a second. And then you'll find, give it a couple of days and you're going to be fiending to get back in there. Our next question comes from Will, who asks, does foam rolling help recovery? Yeah, so this is a good one, guys. Uh, until recently, I've never been much of a foam roller, so I was keen to sort of explore the background on this one. People often use it as a cheap substitute for a sports massage, using it to ease muscle tension, in some cases improve flexibility. We will see, you'll see always you know, someone in the corner of the gym rolling away, kind of curiously wondering what they're up to, I'm sure. And so does the science back this one up? This time around, it looks pretty good, Scott. So studies have shown that rolling out your muscles does increase, does decrease sorry, tissue tension and can improve your range of movement, increasing your speed and flexibility. And all of these are obviously good things. So, so foam roll away. But the question is how to go about it and when to go about it. Because the benefits tend to be more short term, the research suggests using foam rolling as a um, before a workout rather than as a recovery tool. 
So foam rolling before you work out will help to reduce muscle tension and increase blood flow, helping to prime your muscles for the session ahead. Aim for around 30 seconds per muscle group. However, if you have a strain or an injury or something, don't foam roll on that area. Rest is better. And I think it's important to remember here, guys, that slow foam rolling is preferable. Rather than sort of like really quickly sort of like ramming over your muscles, go slowly and steadily, about 30 seconds each um, muscle group and then move on. I've started doing my um, rolling before a squat session and I found it really effective for sort of opening up my hips, increasing that range of motion for my squats and it's been proven quite effective for it. Scott, are you a big foam roller, mate? Uh, I am, yeah. It, um, especially around the joints, I find um, in joint mobility, I, again, as well, use uh, I do foam rolling before a workout. Um, and, yeah, I find it just it really loosens up the joints and, and increases the range of motion. Um, again, it's one of those things, hey, where, you know, you only have, if you're living a busy life, you might only have an hour to work out. It's how long do you dedicate to this. I think something like this is extremely important, um, you know, to, to get, the, the joints activated and to get the muscles activated um, and it's probably going to be more important than that first set where you're struggling through creaky joints and, and fighting doms you know I think it's worth investing in your five minutes of foam rolling at least I agree and I've also found it quite an effective tool to sort of just get my head in the game mentally at the beginning of a workout you sit down or well, lie down for five minutes foam roll plan your workout plan your intention and sort of try and really be present shed away whatever happens at work that day and sort of get your head in the game as it were and it hurts it does it does yeah <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> And that's actually a really good point. I wanted to sort of close this one, Scott, with a slight caveat. Now, a lot of people roll out their IT band. And if you don't know your IT band, if you're a runner, I'm sure you will. If you don't, you'll, um, you'll find it running down the side of your leg from your hip into your knee. And the thing about your IT band, guys, is it's not a muscle. Okay, so you, in terms of rolling it, you're not actually going to be able to lengthen it and reduce that sort of muscle tension because it is not a muscle. So if you've got an IT band issue, the best thing to try and do is alleviate tightness in your leg and your hip muscles rather than rolling out. And if anyone has rolled out your IT band, you're going to know that it's pretty damn painful. And that, I think, is sort of why we gravitate towards it in the sort of like no pain, no gain type mentality. But as I say, it's preferable there to try and release, ten release tension and the tightness around your sort of leg and your hip muscles rather than the IT band in and of itself. All right, that's a wrap for today, Scott. Been a pleasure having you on. Thanks, Chris, for dropping the knowledge bombs as always. As always, mate. We look forward to having you back. And if you haven't already, we hope you're already following by now, but Men's Health AU on Instagram and hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share it, tell your mum, tell your dad, put it on Instagram. And leave us a cheeky review. Please do. Only if you liked it. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything negative, okay? Just an <laughs> echo chamber. Thanks, guys. Thanks, lads. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ask Men's Health. If you have a topic you want us to cover, submit your question via Instagram page at menshealthau. See you next week, guys.